1: With Mike Greenberg the podcast
2: I think I'm gonna throw up Greeny back and worse than ever presented by progressive insurance we've talked a lot about the Bills they're the best team in the sport we've talked a lot about Josh Allen he's the best player in the sport we've talked a lot about how they're going to continue to devastate the Jets and every other team in their division continuing my misery and then just when I'm moving on to other matters I have breaking news Adam Schefter the jets have ruled out offensive tackle dwayne brown for sunday's opener versus the ravens due to a shoulder injury and are not ruling out the idea that he will have to go on ir i ask what did i do like what did i do what what am i supposed to say it is unfathomable how badly this season has started The quarterback gets hurt in a non-contact injury, running with the football, cutting inside instead of going to the sideline in the first quarter of the first preseason game. The bookend tackle that they drafted in the high in the first round two years ago continues to be unplayable. He will never see him again. And the guy they bring in to fill in for that before a game is even played is now not being ruled. It's not ruled out that he might wind up going on IR. So... I think I'm going to throw up. I don't. I really don't know what else to say. I, I, let's talk about the Bills and the Rams, and then I want to get Fortinball in here because I mean this is just—it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, Fortinball will join me in a minute. We're going to go through a whole bunch of gambling stuff. We did this last year too, and I, it's important because one of the the, the seismic shift in the way. Gambling is perceived and and, and candidly the way gambling is now executed um, in this country is one of the biggest things that has happened in the sports media business and well beyond uh, in all the years that I've been doing this. And it's not something that I can give you the kind of insight that I would like to without help. And Joe Fortenbaugh, I think, is the best guy we have. And he's terrific with this stuff. And so he's going to join us every Friday to bring us the insight into a bunch of games that you might be interested in thinking about this weekend. But let me first give you my quick impressions coming off of Bill's Rams last night. I did a, a, a green list of my top five takeaways. And so I will very quickly recap them. At number five, Josh Allen is the best player in the sport. But at number four, he gets hit too much. And they are seriously going to have to consider for both big picture and small picture reasons, addressing the way he plays. Because the comparison I'm making here is to Cam Newton. And interestingly, most of the people running the Buffalo Bills, including the GM and the head coach, were Carolina guys, and they were there for Cam. But I'm old enough to remember when I was hosting a show called Mike and Mike, and I had all these people telling me, no, Greeny, don't worry about all the hits Cam Newton takes. Not a problem. Not a problem. He's so big. He's so strong. He's just different. And then he turned 30 and his career was over. I don't want to see that happen to Josh Allen, you know for sure. He doesn't want to see it and they don't want to see it. So that's the big picture. And then even the small picture. Like you just can't have your quarterback getting hit all the time. And he invites a lot of it. He he creates a lot of contact. So he is the best player in the sport. And his ability to run and the physicality with which he does it, they are part of the reason. So I understand that what I'm saying is, that you have to take a little bit of Josh Allen's greatness away from him for his own good. I get it, but I think they need to do it because he is the best player in the sport. The other takeaways I had, Von Miller is going to be an enormous acquisition. It reminds me of once upon a time when Deion Sanders went from Dallas to San Francisco and the Cowboys handed off the Super Bowl trophy to the 49ers. Dion was that big a difference maker, and I think Von could be that. And then lastly, the Bills just have the best roster in the sport. Every single play, the play ends and you thought, my God, they have that guy too. They have that guy too. They have that guy too. They're unstoppable. So that is where we stand uh, coming off of last night's opener. It was a fantastic one. In the meantime, let me get and Bond here. We'll call this My KOD. Hashtag KOD. The Kiss of Death. The KOD is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And I am going to be making my picks based largely on the information we get now from Joe Fortenbaugh, who is our betting analyst extraordinaire. Good morning and welcome back to the season, Joe Fortenbaugh.
4: Greeny, I got to be honest, yeah. doing this with you last year and then starting today, I feel like that was the exact same Jets rant that we started with last year. You just subbed out the new stories for the old stories. But I got to be honest, you were like, bang on. It's the exact same thing from a year ago.
2: And and the year before that and the year before <laughs> that. I don't know if you heard this earlier, Joe, but my son and I last night came to the tragic realization that this is now the third generation in which there is a transcendent quarterback in the division. One for each team. It was Miami with Dan Marino. Yep. And then it was the Patriots with Brady. And now it's the Bills with Allen. And one thread of commonality is the Jets drafted a quarterback in front of all three of them. The Jets took Ken O'Brien in front of Dan Marino. Why are you laughing? This is not funny. Because I'm thinking, I see the pictures of the Greeny family
4: vacations, and it looks like you have a wonderful time. But behind the pictures, these conversations are what's taking place.
2: That's correct. The Jets took Ken O'Brien in front of Marino. They took Chad Pennington in front of Tom Brady. And they took Sam Darnold, who is now a backup on another team, ahead of Josh Allen, who is now the best quarterback in football. That's my lot in life. So let's see if at least I can win some money this weekend. Joe, help me out. Let's, let's dive into some of these. Uh, let's start with Minnesota-Green Bay. I think that's a really interesting game. I said earlier, I think Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be watching that game from the sideline when he's not on the field and the Minnesota offense is. And he's going to be thinking, can I have any of those guys? Because if I had any of the receivers or the running back that Kirk Cousins does, I would set this league on fire. Give me the insight on that game in Minnesota Sunday.
4: My guess is that the public's going to want to play the Packers because they've generated a lot of good returns for the public over the years. They've won a lot of games. They have Aaron Rodgers. The professionals, however, are going to be on Minnesota. This game was up as high as Green Bay minus two and a half. It's dipped to about one and a half now. And there are a lot of good reasons for that. Number one on the Green Bay side, you take Devontae Adams off that offense, you're losing about 30% of your targets, your receptions, and your receiving yards from a year ago. Now, I know another guy's going to step into the role, but he's not going to produce to that level. Adams was top three in the NFL in all those categories. So right there, you take a ding to the Green Bay offense. Then you have to factor in Minnesota. Minnesota at home versus Minnesota on the road are two very different things, especially when it comes to the defense. That crowd noise is a huge advantage when it comes to sacks, pressures, turnovers. And with Kevin O'Connell coming in to take over that offense, that is loaded, as you mentioned, with weapons. I think Green Bay's or excuse me, Minnesota's the play. Take the one and a half, play him on the money line. I like him to win that game.
2: I like that very much. Hold that thought one second, Joe, because I have – reasonably significant breaking news while it is not a surprise and I would like to get your reaction to it and we'll get it to everybody else but this feels important enough that we should get this out there immediately the Baltimore Ravens have released a statement from their general manager Eric DaCosta and I will read it to you verbatim despite best efforts on both sides we were unable to reach a contract extension with Lamar Jackson we greatly appreciate how he has handled this process and we are excited about our team with Lamar leading the way We will continue to work towards a long-term contract after the season, but for now, we are looking forward to a successful 2022 campaign. So that is the statement in its entirety from General Manager Eric DaCosta of the Baltimore Ravens. Joe, what, if any, reaction do you have? Lamar Jackson will now. It's not unexpected. He will play this season on the final year of his rookie deal.
4: On the Jackson side of the equation, maybe it's time to think about hiring an agent. I know he wants to do things his own way. I know he and his mom work together. This isn't to knock that. It can be done, obviously, but I have a hard time feeling that Baltimore is going way below market value on on Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's not exactly what he wants, but I have a hard time believing it's that far below market value. From the Baltimore side of the equation, I wonder do they still feel snake bitten from 2012 when they tried to get a deal done with Joe Flacco? Flacco balked, he played out the season, he won the Super Bowl, and I think everyone knew Flacco wasn't a guy you should invest a ton of money into, but because he had just won the Super Bowl, they felt they had to do it, they did, and the organization went down almost immediately after that. I wonder if they feel like something like that could happen with Jackson, given his running style and his penchant for
2: taking hits and suffering injuries. Okay, so I I think that's right, we'll have more insight into the Lamar Jackson situation as we go, but again... I don't know that it will have any impact on them this Sunday or this season, um, but that well, they're is playing the, the Jets, so they should be fine. No, would was—I kind of lived without that, Joe. Here I'm, <laughs> I'm pumping you up. I'm all excited. I see you last night on on Sports Center with your mustache, and I'm thinking, oh look, how exciting is it is! And then now, all of a sudden, here we are with this nonsense. Okay, it was too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> Next stop, uh, how about Dallas Tampa? That's a great game Sunday night. How do we see it?
4: I'd look to play the under, and the money's been coming in on the under. We're down to 50 and a half. 51 is a key number. A lot of final scores end on 51. I shouldn't say a lot, but percentage-wise, it's one of the more popular outcomes. So you want to be on the right side of that. Now that it's dipped to 50 and a half, it wouldn't be as big of a wager, but it's still a wager worth making, in my opinion, for one key reason. Not one, but both offensive lines are damaged goods coming in. Ryan Jensen, the starting center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, out for the foreseeable future. Both starting guards for Tom Brady last year are... are are, are no longer with the roster. If you can generate pressure up the middle against Brady, which is exactly what the New York Giants did in not one but two Super Bowls, you can move him off his mark. You can force him to be inaccurate. You can force him to be somewhat human. On the other side, similar situation with Dallas. Problems all along the offensive line. Injuries, departures, and free agency. If you can't block, you can't consistently run the ball. You also can't hold up in protection. Both offenses are going to stall. I'm going under 50.5 total points.
2: Uh, Greedy and Joe Fortenbaugh here our betting analysts here looking at all of the different games and the action you can get involved in this weekend. Uh, let me get one more NFL game and then a college game. I- I'm interested in the Bears and 49ers this weekend because I have had a bunch of people tell me this week, that on Monday, one of the topics of conversation is going to be should the 49ers have taken Justin Fields instead of Trey Lance? Now, this is like a month removed from people telling me Trey Lance is going to be a sneaky MVP candidate. So I don't know what the heck is going on in San Francisco. I don't know how to figure that game. We all think the Bears are awful and the 49ers are great. How do, how do we consider playing that game?
4: All right. I'm going to give you some insight on the side and then I'll give you two picks. With the side, this game has been San Francisco as a seven-point favorite for a while now right up until last night and this morning and you saw some very sharp sports books move off the key number of seven to six and a half some bears money hit the market so take that for what it's worth the public is going to be all over san francisco it's going to be a popular teaser play survivor play but there is some sharp money coming in on the bears now two plays i would make here number one i would go under 40 and a half total points what does kyle shanahan want to do run the ball. What is Kyle Shanahan very good at? Scheming the running game. Trey Lance, young quarterback on the road against one of the worst defensive lines in football. You don't need to be too creative here. Run the ball, control the clock, lean on your defense. Same time, I think Chicago is devoid of weapons outside of Darnell Moody. They're going to struggle against the D. We play under 40.5 points in this game. In addition, Trey Lance has a rushing yardage prop. It's 38.5 yards. I play the over. It's the NFL, so sacks do not count against rushing yards. They count against passing yards. I think Shanahan will design at least a couple runs for Lance but as a young guy on the road tuck and run when the situation looks ominous I think we see that a few times and he goes over 38 and a half rushing yards
2: all right Joe Fortenbaugh and I'm going to run out of time give me one what's your favorite college play this weekend what's the one college game everyone should have an eye on Georgia Southern plus seven and a
4: half over UNC. Georgia Southern lost 35-14 last week to, excuse me, Georgia State. 35-14 last week to South Carolina. Go inside the box score. They actually outgained them by five total yards and were plus one in, in turnover differential. Study the box scores, people. Not all wins and losses are created equal. UNC's defense gave up 40 points in the fourth quarter to App State last week. I think even though it's one game, they might be a little bit out of gas. Georgia State plus seven and a half
5: at home over UNC. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
2: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Previously on Greeny. You've got to be
2: freaking kidding. Oh, my God. I don't get a break. Someone come hug me. I need a hug because this is just ridiculous. Zach's not back till week four at earliest. He's not on pop for crying out loud. I just can't take this. Yeah, it's been that kind of week. Green Either Weekly Rewind brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies Advisor today at 877 Ask Dell. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Disney Plus is back in action. New premieres Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, National Geographic, The Simpsons. This month, only get Disney Plus for just a dollar 99 for a month. That offer is available until September 19th and at $7.99 a month, all that and more. Streaming at Disney+. Plus, So it's just been that kind of depressing start to the season, and the season hasn't even started, for those of us who root for my favorite team. I enjoyed that conversation with Fortinball. Let me quickly react, and let me get uh, Nuno in here uh, quickly to react to the Lamar Jackson news. If you're just joining us, we had the breaking news, and it's not a surprise, but the Baltimore Ravens releasing a statement that they have been unable to come to an agreement on a new contract extension for Lamar Jackson that they will go and play this season without one. That is a statement directly from the general manager, so conversations will not continue. And my reaction to it initially is it's not a surprise. I don't think it's ideal for either side. I, I know everyone is talking a lot about the not having an agent piece of this. Maybe that's a big factor here. But at the end of the day, I think this also could be described or otherwise could be described as a true tipping point in the way NFL contracts are going to work in the future, which is to say NFL contracts have not been, have never been fully guaranteed. And there is a belief amongst some that if the apex quarterbacks demand it, that at least some of them will start getting fully guaranteed contracts. I think there was a lot of disappointment from a lot of people that Russell Wilson didn't demand that. And so what Lamar Jackson might be doing, and there has been so little information coming out of these negotiations, I don't know one way or the other, but what he might be doing is saying, hey, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. That's the guaranteed, that's the new comparison, that's the precedent, that's what I want, and I'm not taking 10 cents less. And he would be well within his rights to do so. Because, candidly, he's been every bit as good a player and he has not caused one second's worth of headaches off the field. And Deshaun Watson has, well, we all know just exactly what's gone on there. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not taking less than that. But this guaranteed money thing could be a fight that he's going to have and Burrow's going to have and Herbert's going to have. And let's see. The owners are going to try and stand pat on not guaranteeing the money. And Lamar Jackson is fighting for the guarantee. And I think he may think and he may be right that he's also waging that fight on behalf of other players. So I don't know if this is much about the agent as it is about that. Now maybe an agent would tell him, hey, don't worry about that. Just freaking get as much money as he can. And that might be what would happen. But I don't think this is as much about not having an agent as it is about the guaranteed element of the contract. Nuno, what do you think?
3: I think it's that, but I also think that they that the Ravens are telling you something how they view Lamar. I do think that they believe that hey, the way you play, that like they're treating his contract as you would or as you should a running running back contract, where it's let's get really good usage out of you let's not overpay and then we we feel like our system we can move on right because last year they were close on even when he got hurt there was two games where you know break their way uh with tyler hunley that they end up winning and they probably make the playoffs so i think there's that um element because if you look at some of these numbers if if they franchise him next year that's a 45 million dollar cap hit and then the following year, you're looking at over $54 million cap hit up for him. So like, so I think there's something there. With the other two guys, the biggest concern I think for those franchises are, there's some of the quote-unquote poorer franchises in the NFL, the Bengals and the, char- and the Chargers. You have to put all that guaranteed money in an escrow account. <laughs> you know, those owners, I can't see them, and that's where that fight will be interesting. You know, Signing a $200, $200 million check into an escrow account. So it'll be interesting to see how many of these guys go through the Kirk Cousins franchise me, franchise me, and then I'm gone uh, process going forward. Perhaps. And that's going to be the end of this
2: conversation because I always worry that fans, what do you care about all these things? These are interesting to me because I work in the business. I worry the fans don't care. One way or another, Lamar Jackson is not going to get a deal done or extension done. He's going to play this year on a $23 million final year of his rookie contract. It's obviously a lot of money, but it is about 10% of what he probably stands to make in the long run when he gets – Uh, the extension. And for his sake, I hope that one way or another, he gets all that money. He has earned it. He deserves it. And I don't care how or when he gets it so long as he gets it. And I hope that he does. Look, we all know the game's not over till it's over. So next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Now, Bubba, I need to ask you a question. Are you aware that we are doing Nuno's Notes? In this segment of this show, because I look on my screen and I do not see the Nuno's notes open on my screen. So when I tell you I'm planning to do that, is that news to you? Is this the first time you're hearing that I'm planning to do Nuno's notes?
1: Uh, Well, a couple things. One, no, I'm well aware that we're doing it. I read the read the the Google Doc fully. It's
2: been in the Google Doc since like seven o'clock.
1: Yeah, fully up to speed on that. But it's also up there. It's right next to the FanDuel disclaimer up top.
2: Oh, I see. You're right. So that was me scolding you completely unfairly, is what you were saying. Another now, error of you on the array there. You, you're really messing up the array here. Now, I have one complaint, and that is, and this is now we're getting into a very small area, but it's yellow, and all of the rest of my opens and production are blue, and so I'm just looking at all the blue things, so why would that one be yellow if everything else is blue? Well, you know, that I can't answer, but, you know... <laughs> well, Who is it that makes the color choices for these different elements of
1: my array? We were thinking the fifth row, those four had to be, you know, Nuno's notes, the carousel music, the airing of grievances, and Ricky Bobby saying, with all due respect, those had to be
2: yellow. Yeah, they just seem that way because you sort of went in that direction. All right, I'm going to leave that there for the moment. I will try and get some of Nuno's notes into the conversation here. I've also got some more unsolicited gambling advice, and we have the traditional Friday Who you Got.
1: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: and that is a harsh lesson in
0: business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
3: many you know, more doors. The show is
0: called the, the, Deal. Deal. the Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: All right, Greeny with you here uh, on ESPN Radio. As you roll along, the traditional Friday Who you Got is just a couple of minutes away. In the meantime, we had Joe Fortenbaugh on Earlier um, in this hour with the terrific insight into the gambling. And again, that's such an incredibly important part of sports conversation these days. And it's not a place that I can usually give you the kind of expert insight that people who live in that world more so than I do can do. So that's why I put him on every single week. I do have I was sent from our sports information group a couple of what I think are pretty interesting notes about week one line movements. So some of these numbers have moved, all right? And one of those was last night's game, right? So that game opened last night, Nuno, with the Rams as a one-point favorite. By the time they kicked that game off, the Bills were a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and, of course, they won the game by three touchdowns. But that's just one of several games that have moved substantially. Now, the Cleveland-Carolina game, clearly that one is influenced, has been influenced greatly by the Deshaun Watson news. But that game originally, the Panthers were a a four-and-a-half-point underdog, and they are now a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Cleveland. That's a huge move. That's a seven-point move. Obviously, it is the difference. I, I have to assume that's the difference between having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback or having Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. How do you like that game, though, with the Baker Mayfield revenge element of it and everything else? That's an interesting little game to me there. Panthers minus two and a half against Cleveland.
3: That would be a game I would probably stay away from, right? Because we barely saw Jacoby Brissett uh, during preseason. I don't trust Baker. You know, Christian McCaffrey's coming back from injury. So you're hoping that maybe they don't put Baker in a spot where he... You know, makes a couple mistakes. So it's something I would stay away from, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went either way. And then one more that I think is a, it's a pretty interesting and relatively substantial
2: move as I look at some of the numbers on my screen here the Ravens and the Jets. That game went from Ravens minus four to Ravens minus seven. Is that because Zach got hurt? I don't know. I, with the Jets. Would Vegas, would most people consider that a closer game with Zach Wilson than with Joe Flacco? I'm not 100% sure that that's the way most people would view that. Is it just because the Jets have looked bad in the preseason? One way or another, that game has moved three points, a pretty substantial move. We'll see how it all goes. All right, who you got more on the way. We continue in 15 seconds. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Anybody listening to me on ESPN Radio in New York is certainly well aware of our next guest. He hosts Early Mornings, um, and he has been on this show many times because he is one of the most passionate fans of his favorite football team that I know anywhere in America. My friend Dave Rothenberg, Giants fan extraordinaire is with me here on ESPN Radio. Dave, thanks for doing this.
0: Absolutely. And I got to tell you, Greeny, and I'm, I'm thrilled to come on, especially on this football Friday right before weekend one. Uh, your producer, Nuno, the great Nuno, who used to produce my show in New York, mm-hmm. asked me, uh, can I come on? I said, sure. What What What's going on? What's the question? He said, I can't tell you what your natural reaction. So your yes. guys are very dialed in and very loyal to you.
2: That is correct. Yes. And, 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 well, i I'm I'm not going to influence anything. I'm just going to ask you today's question of the day. So this is going to be a two part conversation. First, I'm going to ask you the question of the day, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you. Okay, Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. we go. First, Dave, every single day I put a question of the day, a little Twitter poll on my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny. And today's question is, is it ever acceptable to pick your team to lose in a survivor pool? And the options are no way or absolutely. So. If you're playing in an eliminator pool, one of these survivor pools, would you consider taking Tennessee this week to to beat the Giants as a crazy Giant fan? Is that acceptable or not acceptable?
0: I would prefer to donate a kidney. There is no way. Now, if you told me Week 15 Giants are like you know two and 12 or Mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm, I would may and I'm still alive and there's big money at the end. Mm -hmm. I would consider it especially if I was excited to get that number one pick. Mm -hmm. Week one, Mike, never, ever, ever. Ever would I consider that.
2: Correct. Nor would I. I actually said the exact same thing. I said, if you want to consider this late in the season when the season is hopelessly lost, that's one thing. But week one, no way. Now, I will tell you, my listeners, I can't believe this. 72% of the people who voted on my poll said absolutely, and only 28% said no way. So I think that's a disgrace. I think that's a joke. Dave, you and I think alike. But now I'm going to tell you why I have you on the program today. Okay. The aforementioned Nuno Shara. Nuno, will you please tell Dave who you are taking in your su- uh,
3: survivor pool this week? I'm taking the Tennessee Titans.
2: Dave, he's all yours.
0: I, I can't tell you. You know, Granny, like when a, a, your child disappoints you <laughs> and like you, you walk in from work and, and your wife tells you, you, you know, Stevie, I guess in your case, mm. Ben and or Alex in, in my case, they, they've... They've done something bad, and you just ha- you shake your head, and you're just like, boy, I'm I'm so disappointed. And Nuno, I thought I knew you. Like, I thought you and I had this bond, this connection. Uh, Greeny, I don't know if you noticed, we almost died on a, on a flight back from Vegas years back. Mm-hmm. Like, we were really close. I think the aforementioned word that's most important there is were, because I don't. I can't believe you would do something like this. And I hope to God even more than I did prior to this conversation that you are ousted from your survivor pool.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. No, no, no. How do you how do you respond to Dave in this circumstance?
3: Dave was actually very level headed. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but I don't expect anything less from this man. Uh, that's why, he, you know, I love him. But uh it is what it See, is. now he's trying to make up the to you. Position. See that yeah, he's, 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 he's trying to, to, you. to kiss, kiss my rear end. I get there. it. Yeah. But
0: but Nuno, what I don't understand is there's many other nice options. You're week one, so you you're in fact rooting for Tennessee to win the game this
2: week. That's the point. I I went through some of these other options. You got New Orleans playing Atlanta. You got San Francisco, Chicago. These are all games that have equally bigger, if not bigger, point spreads. Philadelphia, Detroit, I think, has a bigger number. Indianapolis, Houston. He told me, well, he doesn't want to burn the Colts week one. Dave, help
0: me with this. I, I, I don't know what to say at this point. I think heavy levels of therapy are really the only answer. I can't believe you would do this. Shock therapy. I can't believe. How about, listen, I'm not trying to get between you guys. How about there's a little team known as Baltimore Mm -hmm. that you
2: could possibly take Nuno Yeah. to take Tennessee? It's disgraceful.
0: It's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. And
2: I knew, Dave, that you would back me up on this, and that is why I felt we had to bring you into the conversation. Thank you for bringing some sanity, some some cohesiveness, some understanding, and some reason into the conversation.
0: Well, thanks for having me on the show. I wish it was under better circumstances, yes. but but I appreciate you and enjoy because to me this is such a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your opening football. Weekend.
2: It could only be under better circumstances if you think about it. The next time we talk, by definition, will have yes. to be under better circumstances because there are no worse circumstances than Nuno picking against his team week one in a survivor pool.
0: I almost feel like uh, a Teo. Like like am I being cat? <laughs> like really? Like 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 what is happening? Like I'm truly uniquely upset with this man. I
2: can't believe. I thought I knew him so well. How could you do this, Nuno? That's a very good line. All right, well played. Thank you, David. It is always a Rainey. pleasure. We'll see Talk you soon. You. Dave, again, every weekday morning, early here on ESPN. Uh, for those of you in New York, ESPN Radio New York, and just great fun. Okay, one piece of business left, and it is the traditional Friday finish.
1: Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say
2: it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got? That means Bubba, where he will come forward and he will provide for me a series of hard-hitting questions. And and many of you who may not know this, but Bubba is a very much accomplished person. So uh, Bubba, in his life, before he began this career... Uh, and somewhat legendary career now, I guess, uh, as in in radio production, uh, Bubba actually had a job where he administered questions for the CIA. He would do lie detector tests. So he knows how to ask a question in such a way that it is almost impossible to respond dishonestly. So he will ask me all these questions and I will have to make my choice by saying who I've got. Bubba, take
1: it away. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger, and we're doing something a little different this year. We're going to do some NFL picks, but we're doing the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge, where you, Greeny, are doing three games against every other radio host. So the first three games we're going to do, we're going to do your picks against KJM, Barton Hahn, Candy, and Carlin, all the other shows, all right? So are you ready? Yeah, of course I'm ready.
2: I would have been ready without that, but go ahead. Well, we got to let the audience well, know I mean, what's going on here. I'm going to try and here. pick the game right, wherever that, whichever way it goes. I mean, it, 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 this, you guys are driving me nuts today between Nuno with his
1: what? What can you even hey, say? You're the one who's messing up the array. Left and right, turncoat. don't take it out on us here.
2: We're all having problems
1: this morning. I right. mean, right, I've been flawless. I don't know about you
2: guys. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> I've ahead. No, there are no
1: problems here. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> Go ahead. First game, most important game: yeah. Bucks at Cowboys. This one is Tampa Bay minus. Two and a half. Who you got?
2: So these teams played each other in this spot last year, but it was the Thursday night opener. It was in Tampa. And the Bucs, if I remember correctly, won by two. Do I have that right? Did they win that game by two? Dak had a monster game. (sighs) Dallas is home now. This is a very tough game to pick. When I asked Fortinball about it at the beginning of the hour, he told me take the under which is good advice, but it doesn't help here. My gut feeling tells me to take Dallas. And my gut is always wrong. So if we're actually going to do this up against those guys, I'm going to take Tampa and give the two and a half. I'm going the opposite. I'm going like the George Costanza doing the opposite, Bubba, because my gut, which is always wrong, tells me to take the Cowboys, so I'm going to take the Buccaneers, plus, giving the two-and-a-half points on the
1: road. Hashtag K-O-D. The kiss of death. All
2: right, what's the next game?
1: All right, and they did win by two last year. You were correct. Yeah. Next game, Raiders at Chargers. Ooh. This one is Los Angeles minus three. Who you got? That's a
2: very tough one. See, because I, I really like both teams. I've been very high on the Raiders this entire offseason. Chargers at home. Three doesn't feel like a lot. I hate going with my gut on these games because everyone else is going with stats and information. That's my point. I don't know enough about this stuff to make an informed pick. Like, what would the Sharps do? My, my, okay, let's just go with the same strategy, right? Uh, Bubba, no one knows more about Seinfeld than you do. So, George Costanza are going with the opposite. That was the way to go. My gut tells me the Raiders are Going to win that game, and my gut is always wrong, right? So, the official pick is going to be Chargers minus three. Hashtag KOD, K-O-D. the kiss
0: of death. Kind of like this. I kind of like I, picking I we might, against we might myself. On to something here. This is good.
2: We, we I, might think, be onto something. I think we figured something out here, Bubba. I, I like I mean, this because if my gut instinct
1: is always wrong, right? Then the opposite has to be right. George was on to something. I like it. Go. All right, last one for the Pick'em Challenge is Chiefs at Cardinals. This one we got Kansas City minus six. Who you got in this one? Minus six? That's all it is, is six? Okay, so if we're going to go
2: oppo again, then I think this is the easiest pick of the week because my inclination is to say I think Kansas City wins that game by three touchdowns. And if my inclination is to say that, then they need to be on upset alert. The birds might fly, surprisingly so, in the desert. They could rise like a phoenix from the ashes in Arizona. Because I don't think they have a a chance in, uh, they don't have a snowball's chance in Hades of winning this game, which is exactly why they will cover. So the official pick going against my own gut is Cardinals plus six. Hashtag KOD.
0: The kiss of
1: death. All right, tell those guys to stick that in their pipe and smoke it. All right, that concludes the Pick'em Challenge, but we got two more games. First up, Packers-Vikings. This one, Green Bay, minus one and a half. Your team, the Vikings.
2: Vikings and the money line. What's the money line pay on this game? I'm telling you right now, I like the Vikings. Minnesota is going to win this game straight up. So not only do I take the Vikings uh, to cover the one and a half, but I am taking the Vikings- on the money line, and they're going to win the game straight up. One
1: more. 49ers at Bears. San Francisco, minus seven here. Who you got? Am I
2: crazy? Okay, I'm going to do it. My gut says... The Bears are going to not only make this a game, but might actually win. That's my gut, as ridiculous as that sounds. In fact, it's so ridiculous that I will then go oppo. I'm going to go with the same strategy. The only one in which I went against my strategy and thus bet with myself was Minnesota. I'm going the other way. I like the Bears in this game, so I'm going to go opposite, and I'm going to take the 49ers minus 7 at Soldier Field. That is the official pick.
0: Hashtag K-O-D. The kiss of death.
2: All right,
1: let's finish it up with a couple of fun ones. All right, let's do it. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And it's hard to believe, but 56 years ago today, Adam Sandler was born in Brooklyn, New York. He grew up in New Hampshire. Then he made some movies. Who you got as your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Boy,
2: that's a tough one. I'm a big Adam fan, as you know. Um... So the really early stuff, like I, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are both so great. I mean, those are classics. And there's no time in which either of those movies is on that I won't come across it, that I won't just stop and watch however much of it is left and enjoy the heck out of it. He's got a lot of, like, he made, he's made some serious movies. There's no way I'm going with any of them. Um, I, I like Big Daddy. I like The Water Boy. <laughs> Is there anything obvious I'm forgetting? Am I forgetting any obvious Adam movies?
1: Wed- Wedding Singer was
2: fun. Oh, thank you for reminding me. That's my pick. Wedding <laughs> okay. Singer. There you because go. Because I love that movie. and I, I Not only is it hilarious, but it's actually a good movie. I like the, the, the romantic story yeah, between solid. him and Drew Barrymore.
1: That's my pick. Wedding Singer is my favorite Sandler movie. All right, one more. All right, right up your alley here. 15 years ago, Taylor Swift released our song as a single from her self-titled debut album. It went four times platinum. Who you got as your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, I think I've told you this before, but we have, within my family,
2: we have an emotional attachment to her legendary song, Love Story, which um, is, I'll tell you, I I only have 30 seconds left of the show, so I don't have time to tell it to you now. But that song actually brings tears to my eyes based purely upon our family. We have sort of a family tradition surrounding that song. But when Nikki went to see Taylor Swift in concert, she shot a video of... All her friends singing along to that song and sent it to me. And it makes me cry to this day looking at it. So Love Story is my favorite. All right, that's uh, who we got. Bubba, well done. Nuno, you're a disgrace. Everybody, thank you for the votes on the question of the day. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever Monday
1: on ESPN Radio thanks for listening to greenie the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio and see it with the video on espn plus also catch greenie on get up weekday mornings at 8 on espn and also available wherever you get your podcast